Amen. Amen. Well, good evening, Tri-Cities Church. Good to see all of y'all in here. Merry Christmas. Hey, there's a couple of things since we weren't here this morning, and because I know that all of you were uh, planning on doing this this morning, I just wanted to remind you, we have, this is just one brief announcement, we have winter session that is coming up on January the 17th. We'll have classes here at the church, Bible classes for adults, for teens, and for kids. And there's sheets in the back. You can sign up back there. I know everybody was really excited about signing up this morning, and they were like, we didn't have church this morning. So I want you to know that you can sign up. That class will be here before you know it. And so I would love to see you sign up tonight. You can either do that back there by filling out a form, or you can go to our website and fill out a form there. Hey, we've been talking a lot uh, over the last several weeks at Tri-Cities Church, and it's really happened kind of spontaneously. We've been talking a lot about listening for God and God leading us, and, and kind of we've been talking about it in the sense of making goals, and we don't always talk about making goals at Tri-Cities Church at the, at the end of the year, beginning of the year. It's really just not a thing that we've talked about a lot in the past, um, but I feel like this year God has been doing something in our church, and he's been challenging us to steal ourselves, to listen for him, and listen to him, and uh, let him lead us in our lives. And so I want to press into that as a church, not necessarily tonight or not necessarily next Sunday, but I want us to press into that as a church, asking that question, what does it look like for us as a community of faith, as a people who have the Holy Scriptures and have the Bible, but to listen for God and what God is leading us to do in our day-to-day lives and how God is challenging us. And so in 2018, I'm just going to go ahead and, and lay this out here as a commitment. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to learn what it looks like for us to listen for God's leadership in our lives, for God to lead us in our lives. And there probably won't be a sermon series called Listening to God or anything like that, but what we will do is it'll be a thread that is woven throughout our year as we together learn to read scripture and how God spoke to people a long time ago and then learn to hear what it looks like for God to speak to us today. This evening we are celebrating, this is an exciting time in our church because we're celebrating the arrival of Jesus Christ which fundamentally changed our world and changed the human experience for those who believe in Jesus. And so I just want to share a brief message with you um, this evening where we will see how our human experience has been fundamentally changed from what it used to be by the arrival of Jesus Christ. Let's pray and then we'll... uh, We'll, we'll, we'll get into our word. God, we give you thanks uh, this evening that you give us this opportunity to gather in this place and to be a people who together are listening for you. God, we thank you that you are a God who has spoken. And you're not a God that's gone silent, but you will speak and you do speak to us today. And so, God, I pray that as a community that we will, as we get into your word even tonight, that we will learn what it looks like for us to listen for you, to have hope in you, to know that you haven't abandoned us, you haven't forgotten us, our situations aren't hopeless, but rather you are doing something in this world through any and every situation to bring about glory for yourself. And when we listen to you, that's just what happens. God, I just pray that you fill this space with your spirit that we can hear from you. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the things that I love most about Christmas time are all the Christmas lights that people put on their houses. There's something, at least to me, there's something magical about the lights that people put on their house. Just seeing these lights in the midst of a dark night. Like for us in our home, we didn't get a Christmas tree this year. We really don't put up many decorations in the house. I'm kind of not into that that thing. Um, But I always, without fail, put up some lights on 
my house because I just love seeing lights on people's houses. It's just a, a love that I have. And, and in fact, I'm actually working on passing that love on to the next generation. I think we have a, there we go. Uh, that, that is, I, you know, rookie dad mistake, right? Rookie dad mistake. When you know how one of the things I hate about lights is the way they get tangled up, right? And the hard thing is like untangling them. And I, I figured I could put a toddler to work doing that for me. Did not work. Rookie dad mistake. Don't do that. Um, but I love to put up lights. But, but this year, and, and, and even most years, I don't put up that many lights on my, my house. I, I just, I don't, primarily because I just don't like taking them down. I'm just being honest. Right, you put them up, and then it's almost like coming back from a vacation. It's just you don't really feel like driving back home. It's like, it's like you had a good time, you enjoyed it, and now you got to drive back home. Lights are kind of the same way to me. It's like you put up these lights, you get to enjoy them, and then you got to take them down. And I don't like doing that, and I don't want to be that guy that leaves up my lights year-round. Uh, if that's you, that's fine. All right? My neighbor did that, my neighbor did that, and it saved him some labor the next year. But I, I, I like to try to take mine down, and maybe even a little superstition going on there. But these lights in Christmas time always reminds me of the contrast between light and darkness. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about the contrast between light and darkness. Sometimes it talks about it in terms of our behavior, right? There's, uh, the Bible says things like walk in the light or live in the light. Um, or, or it says, avoid de- deeds of darkness. So in other words, do things that are good, that are wholesome, that are productive, that are creative, that, that represent God and honor God. But then it says, like, avoid things that dishonor God. And that's one way that the Bible talks about this contrast between light and darkness. But another way the Bible talks about it is about our human experience. There are some experiences that can be called dark experiences, right? When you're in an awful situation that you seem hopelessly trapped in, that is a dark experience. And then there's these experiences where the light rises in the midst of darkness, and whatever the factors were that were making that experience miserable or removed, or it's transformed in some way, or our hearts are even softened and changed, that that experience changes altogether, and the light rises there. And that's one of the ways that scriptures talk about light and darkness. And in fact, when we trace in the Old Testament and we trace the Old Testament scriptures, one of the things that we begin to see is that the Israelites faced some dark times, but they also saw the light rising. In fact, if you start back in Genesis chapter 12, you see the story of Abraham in the Bible. And Abraham was a man that the Bible actually calls him, and I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't like this if I was Abraham, but the Bible actually calls him as good as dead when God called him. So he was an old man. He was as good as dead when God called him. He didn't have any children. He was just waiting on that time to come. And God calls him and tells him that he's going to bless him with some children. He makes three promises to him. He says, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you into a great nation, and I'm going to bless the entire world through you. Abraham and Sarah didn't quite believe it, but it led them into a time of light as God kept his promises to them, and the light began to burn, and everything seemed hopeful. Because what we see about light and darkness is darkness is a place of hopelessness. It's a hard place, but light is a place of excitement, enthusiasm for the next day. And as God formed this nation, and there weren't perfect people, they did a lot of stuff wrong. If you read in the Old Testament, although God said, I'm going to do great things with you, they did some, some bad stuff. I mean, they even seemed to be pressing God away, and the more they pressed God away, God was pressing into them. He was fulfilling his promises, and his light was shining among them. But then when we get in the second book of the Bible in Exodus, this chapter 12, 
that people end up in slavery in Egypt. I don't know if y'all know that story, right? Somehow God's people, God blessed them beyond measure. They were fruitful. They had lots of babies. The Egyptians got afraid of them. And, and so Pharaoh, the king of the Egyptians, he decided to like enslave the Israelites. And so the blessings of God got them the betrayal of man, right? So God was blessing them and hard times came upon them and they found themselves slaves in Egypt. And to them, it seemed like the light had gone out because it felt like God had abandoned them. And so there was at one point a light, but that light had been extinguished by the hardness of their life and the hopelessness they found themselves in. But then God raises up Moses. And y'all know Moses. Moses was a, a insecure, stuttering nobody, right? Nobody knew anything about Moses, but God spoke to him and God called him to humble the most powerful man in the world. And here comes Moses and he leads God's people out of slavery and they feel God's tangible presence close to them, and, and they're hopeful again. Their hope has returned. And although they continue to make mistakes, God continued to be faithful to them. And as they pulled away from God, God pressed into them. They were even making idols for themselves. They had this concept of God's, the more the merrier. But God continued to be faithful and pursue his people because that's the kind of God we serve. But over the course of time, their hearts drifted from God, and God raised up the Assyrians and the Babylonians. If you're tracing through the Old Testament, he raised up the Assyrians and Babylonians. They went into a time called exile, and it was just a hard time for them. And it felt like the light of God had gone out. And the people were living in darkness. And if you trace the Old Testament on and on and on, you see that eventually they are released from exile. They return, at least some of them return to their homes. They begin to rebuild. They rebuild the temple. They draw close to God, and the light seems to be shining again. They're hopeful again. And there's these times of light and darkness. They seem to go back and forth. And as Stacy said, then all of a sudden it seemed like God grew silent for 400 years. God went cold on them and didn't say a thing. And again, it felt like darkness had come again. And so here we have the Israelites going back and forth between these, this light and darkness, this hard time and this time of ease, this time of excitement and times of despair. And this back and forth of light and darkness we see throughout the Old Testament. Now, when we read that story, I think it's important for us to see that story is not just the human experience, although it is the human experience. We will go through hard times in life. We will face hardship. We will have times of light and darkness, times of, uh, where we feel like God is close to us, and there will be times that we feel like God has forgotten us. But it's not just the human experience. That story in the Old Testament, that's our story, right? We, we as people who believe in Jesus Christ, have been adopted into God's family. That story becomes our story. It's not some story of some distant people who did some stuff a long time ago. That is our story. And the Bible calls us to intimately relate to that story, to call that story our own, to get to know that story, because it's only as we get to know the Old Testament story that we get to know the significance of Jesus. 
Because you see, Jesus came into our story to bring a radical transformation into the story of our lives. Because before Jesus, there's this back and forth of light and darkness, this place of hopelessness and despair, and this place of excitement and enthusiasm, and then hopelessness and despair, and then excitement and enthusiasm, light and then darkness. And there's this back and forth that is going on throughout history. But what the Bible teaches us is that in Jesus, there is light that never goes out, right? That in Jesus, there is hope in the midst of dark times. There's this scripture in Matthew, and I just want to read this one scripture, or maybe two scriptures, but at least one scripture tonight in Matthew chapter 4. And this is as Matthew is like transitioning out of the story of Jesus' birth into the story of Jesus' ministry. And in Matthew chapter 4, look at what he says there. It says, leaving Nazareth, Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon Naphtali to, and Naphtali to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah, right? So something that was written a long time ago in Isaiah chapter 9, Jesus here is fulfilling it. Um, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee, of the Gentiles... The people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. I want us to pay close attention to that word light because in the Old Testament, when Isaiah wrote this scripture, he was talking about the people that were coming out of exile and a light had dawned. They had seen the great light. Their difficult situation had ended and although they, the light had come up and, and they had experienced the light of, of God, um, the people were like, yeah, we've been released. We've been freed from exile. There's a light that has dawned. People are reading the scripture. And Matthew's saying, no, 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 no. That was a temporary break in the darkness. The light is Jesus Christ. What Isaiah was pointing to wasn't your temporary break in darkness, but he was pointing to Jesus, the hope of the world, who would be born a long time after Isaiah. And so at Christmas time, what we see with this story and what we see in our lives today and what we celebrate is that Christmas calls us to a renewed hope in Jesus Christ as the light of the world. Now, here's what this means for us practically. This, means, this does not mean that we won't go through dark times. Right? This does not mean that we won't have hardship in our lives but it means that we go through dark times and hardships in a much different way than the world does. We go through dark times and hardships knowing that Jesus is the light that shines for all times. And so while we're in situations that seem hopeless and that may be dark and, and that we want release from, we don't go through them as hopeless people. Right? We go through them as people with a hope in the living God. The light has come. The light shines. Dawn is here. The sun has risen. So we go through situations differently. And now this isn't about, um, this isn't about denying reality because that's not what Christians do. And, and maybe you're like, well, my faith isn't, isn't there yet. Right? And, 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 I, and I, yeah, I, I get that. Right? Um, sometimes there's hard, time, hard things in life that seem to drag us down. But what the scriptures are showing us is where we are headed and where mature faith is headed, that mature faith is headed to a place where even though darkness comes, we don't live as people who dwell in darkness. Even though hopeless situations come upon our lives, we don't live as people who are hopeless because Christmas calls us to a renewed hope in Jesus as the light of the world. This light has come for all times, and it's come for us to believe 
in the hope that we have in Jesus, and then to be lights in this world. You know, the Scripture's always calling us to be lights in this world. In fact, in the very next chapter, in Matthew chapter 5, listen to what it says there. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. And so at Christmas, this is what we're reminded of. We're reminded that Jesus is the light of the world, the hope of the world, that we don't live as a hopeless people, and then we're called to be lights. We're called to live as people who draw people's attention and focus to God. We're called to live such lives that people say there is hope in the midst of this dark world. When people see us, when people see the church, they should see that there is hope in this world and their attention should be directed towards Jesus Christ, the hope of the world. Now to come back to where we started, talking about listening for God, and this is really my challenge for you in 2018. It's It's recognizing that through the strengthening of your faith and the devotion to God that you're able to accept Jesus as the light of the world, the one in whom there is hope. And then you listen to God so that on a day-to-day basis, you're able to hear how he's calling you to be lights in the world. Because Christmas is squandered if all we do tomorrow morning is open gifts and eat too much food. If we aren't allowing God to challenge us on Christmas, to accept him as light and hope in this world, and to ask ourselves, how is God calling me to be light and hope in this world? Then our Christmas celebration is in vain. Let God challenge you with that tomorrow. Kim is going to come up and she's going to lead us in a time of prayer um, as we as a community seeks to hear from God, to listen to him, and to be led by him.